0: Ken Krause, CEO and founder of CORE CDI. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks. These are going to be regular monthly podcasts covering interesting, thought-provocative topics related to the revenue cycle. The, the goal is to discuss and provide potential solutions to the uh, host of challenges hospitals face in the revenue cycle. But today, I have the privilege of speaking with longtime colleagues of mine as guest on the show. Heidi Hillstrom, who runs a strong CDI program at St. Luke's, but she, I consider her to be a true physician champion and facilitator in communication of patient care. She also handles denials and appeals for her facility and does a remarkable job in fighting overzealous Clinton denials by third-party payers. My other guest is Dr. Terrence Govender the VP of Medical Affairs for Clinintel, a data analytics firm that has successfully introduced expected levels of severity performance for each facility's unique patient mix. Clinintel's algorithms have a decade of development behind them, and Clinintel is the only data analytics solution in the industry that provides true provider performance and actionable data. I think that's the key word here, words, actionable data. Heidi and Dr. Govender, welcome to the first show. Today, I would like to engage in a healthy discussion on current key performance indicators for CDI. Specifically, table three questions for the discussion. So, you know, I think one of the one of my biggest uh, concerns uh, that I'm advocating and making a strong case for is the KPIs for CTI do not measure performance improvement. They're basically task-based activity support. So, you know, the old adage, tell me how I'll be measured and I'll form accordingly. It plays into the KPIs. So let's get started. What i like to, st- uh, we have three questions here. And we're, uh, common, and the, for KPIs for CDI programs as they're commonly being used today. So the first uh, question I'd like to put out there for discussion is, do current KPIs and CDI accurately and independently measure true performance of the CDI program? So let's start with you, Dr.
1: Governor. Thank you, Glenn, and thanks for having me um, along with Heidi on the show. And I look forward to a great discussion. So... Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a question that's near and dear to my heart, Glenn, as you know. And if yes. many of you have seen my posts on LinkedIn uh, talking about current KPIs and whether they accurately and dependably measure true performance, uh, I think we need to take a step back and ask ourselves number one, who's asking the question? And number two, how do we define performance? Uh-huh. Um, and I say, who's asking the question, Glenn, because if you're a CDI manager, or if you are a physician advisor, or yes. you at somebody at the C-suite uh, table of an organization, I think it could mean different things to each one of those individuals. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't believe that somebody who's sitting at the at the corporate table to whom CDI reports to inevitably um, along the chain of command really cares about metrics uh, around how many queries were generated this month, how many answered queries, what's your query response rate? I don't... Right believe that's very, very helpful to them. Uh, Unfortunately, because they haven't historically or traditionally had access to any more advanced analytics in CDI, uh, which you know is my sweet spot now, but but they've resorted to depending heavily on CMI. So if you're the CDI manager, then those metrics make sense to you because you wanna see how productivity is what is functioning in your program how uh, what you're getting out of your your FTEs Mm -hmm. you want to see if we are shifting the needle on query volume or query rate you want to see if we're getting agreeable uh, queries answered the same for physician advisor so I think that as an industry it depends on who's asking the question however yeah uh, at the end of the day Let's ask ourselves, what are the KPIs that we traditionally monitor in CDI? Well, you know, it's becoming more advanced now. I think now they're starting to look at specificity rates and SOI, ROM, uh, risk adjustments. But traditionally, Glenn, we're looking at CMI, uh, which can be very misleading because you know, and I'm sure Heidi will attest to this too, there are many things that influence fluctuation of cmi that have nothing to do with accurate reporting of patient severity uh and i like to call them call it patient mix right Uh, so that's one one uh capture rates is another big one that we we focus on you know and you know Peppa reports come out uh or i should say Peppa data comes out and we get hot burn about being on either side of the bell curve sometimes based on national averages the problem with MCCCC capture rates is it 's just aggregated data and trends it goes up, it goes down it doesn 't tell you yeah it doesn 't tell you anything about the richness of your patient mix with the MCCs and CCs to capture to begin with it 's just telling you what 's going on over time um, and it 's nice to monitor trends, but what do you do with a trend that goes down? Um, does it mean that you need to hire more staff? does it mean you need to get more queries answered? does it mean that you had a month where you didn't have MCCs or CCS to capture, you'd never know based on just looking at that trend. So that's my initial uh, impression of of the, the the current KPIs. But Heidi being in the weeds, I'm sure she can tell us exactly what's traditionally being monitored, what they use, and give us some insight on from her point of view.
2: Yeah, thank you very much, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Governor, um, I- our program, I think it runs a little bit differently as we don't necessarily put a whole lot of focus, a whole lot of weight, a number of reviews versus number of queries. I mean, obviously we do report that, um, but we do it as a group, not as individuals. So mm-hmm. you don't individual productivity, it's just a volume, it's just a number that we look at so we can look and correlate trends within the program of course, we you know. Of course, we get a report of our monthly CMI, but again, as you know, there's always fluctuations, and there's all kinds of external variables that impact that. Besides what CDI does to impact those,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know. And in addition, you know, what we what we find here is we don't necessarily put a lot of weight on numbers for number of reviews, number of queries. But how did those queries and reviews correspond you know, with the patient volume? But also if our queries are down, does that directly correlate with our provider education initiatives we may have um, put forth for the month? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to capture quality in a number, but what we do is just try to measure and track for trends to see if there is a correlation between the two. Um, So that's what we are, that's what our focus is here at St. Luke's. And you know, I just want to add, I've had people say to me on LinkedIn,
0: uh, off the record, of course, that they find themselves querying physicians, okay, Uh, really disheartening to me. They're querying physicians to get their numbers up. Uh, we're supposed to review what twenty-five charts a day. I, I think that's a good uh, number for a standard.
1: Yeah, that- yeah, and I don't think it's really their fault. And I, I think it's 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 because that's what they're held accountable to. And and that's you know, right. uh, yeah, and and so Heidi, you could probably attest to this. You know, if you if you tell somebody that this is what you're going to be measured on from a, or evaluated on from a performance or productivity standpoint, then yeah, I'm going to check that box because I that's want right. job security. Um, and so, you know, while they, I think they're reaching out to you and saying this stuff, because inherently I think they know that it's probably not the right thing to do, that's right, that's but they're, right. <laughs> they're going to do it anyway, because they, that's what they're being, uh, monitored on or evaluated on. I think.
2: Right. 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 And I think anyone, that, can go ahead, 20, go ahead, anyone can put out 20 queries in a day if that's what you're held to. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you're and not I, and I,
0: then that's really my concern, is uh, is that we we're looking at we're looking at uh, KPIs that just like you said, uh, Dr. Governor and Heidi, anybody can if we if if we if uh, we if we're if we're told how we're going to be measured, we're going to we're going to perform to meet that measurement. But the the concern I have, and I think Heidi and Dr. Governor can relate, is. Just because we touched the record doesn't mean we did any improvement in the record. Just because we leave the, left a the query doesn't mean we had an effective uh, an outcome. We're still getting lots of denials for medical necessity and clinical validation. Uh, and I see it every day. I know Heidi sees it in her practice, specific, particularly since she's responsible for appealing all these overzealous denials by third-party payers. for not measuring the right thing. So if we don't measure the right thing, that means we're not probably performing as we should, uh, because we're measuring something wrong, and processes of documentation improvement are not happening. Uh, what's your thoughts, Dr. Govinder and and Heidi, on that?
1: I'm going to let well, Heidi go first.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I I agree with that. I mean, you you need to measure if the quality of your queries. And one thing we do to measure, you know, you can put on as many queries as you want. Are you getting any denials on those queries? Um, Mm -hmm. I do see it out in the, across the country for um, when I write appeals for other facilities. Uh, And that is one thing we track here. When we get a diagnosis denial, we go back, we check the record and we find out was it initiated by a query if so, um, is the denial justified or is it appealable? Um, so that is something that we look at for looking at the quality of our queries to make sure that we're not receiving denials against our CDI queries.
1: So Hardy, I'd be curious, uh, um, and because you know, I, I have a, um, I have a hunch, or uh, my intuition tells me that mm-hmm. a lot of the denial that you see, and Glenn, this is your space too. Yes, sir. a lot of it is because we don't have. Supporting documentation, right rather we have a diagnosis being captured or mentioned uh, or being captured because it was documented, but perhaps the the um, the core supporting documentation or medical decision making around that diagnosis was not there okay, so you 're seeing that too correct yeah yeah
0: yeah i'm seeing i 'm seeing that uh, I, I just had a denial i just was i 'm reviewing a case for some denials for a hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, the doctor, the patient, here's the case, Tell uh, Heidi, and I and I believe that physicians should have been queried, but they weren't queried, because that magic word appeared in the chart once. Uh, so I got what I need for my performance measures. Hey, I reviewed the charts, I pulled down the chain. I left a query, pulled down the chain. The doctor writes the diagnosis, so I get another KPI measure, okay, but... Uh, uh what it's like what i call drop grab and run uh drop a query grab the diagnosis run to the software to get credit for it but they're going to get a denial uh this is a patient who had uh came to the er uh came to the er yesterday uh had flank pain uh uh uh, what do you call it a stone in the ureter uh uh and a hydronephrosis and then they came they were called back because they had positive blood cultures okay but the patient didn't look toxic they had their, their count was 42 but they were learning only times three and no distress no temperature uh no other complaints uh the stone passed because they did a cystoscopy and sepsis was in the chart so we didn't drive real improvement in documentation because heidi
2: i think you can agree that that's that's set
0: up for a denial do you agree
2: Right, right, and and one thing, and getting back to that previous question, you know, you can have a diagnosis in the record, but sometimes if you don't have that documentation that supports yeah, why, why, why the provider included that diagnosis in the record, and that's something you can't measure in a KPI. You can't you can't query doctors to put that information in. I mean, you can, but that's going to really be burdensome for the provider. Yeah. So. One thing you have to do is really have a strong, um, like, education, a strong presence with your um, yeah. provider groups. And so, yeah. and that's hard, too, to get a, uh, a KPI on, um, but we do report for a KPI how often we are actually meeting with our providers you know, face-to-face. How often are we going to their mm-hmm. meetings? How often are our interactions with them more so on a mm-hmm. face-to-face? So that is one thing that we report as well monthly.
1: Hey, which brings me say quickly,
2: to
1: Go ahead. Uh, sorry, Glenn. Very quickly. Okay. Heidi, you're speaking to my heart now because I've been saying for years that there is no replacement. I don't care what technology you have in the industry for a long time thought that there were going to be magic bullets out there, magic yeah. bullets in the form of right. computer assisted physician documentation, etc. Yeah. And I will continue to maintain, and I love that you're talking about education. There is no replacement to empowering a clinician with what, cons- with what constitutes accurate documentation and clinical validation of a diagnosis because, um, if you not only is it doesn't speak to what you just mentioned Heidi but that approach where education is at the forefront of your program that's something that supports long term sustainable improvements because when a physician has it ingrained in their minds that hypoxia or uh, sats less than uh, 87% or pao2 less than 60 with respiratory distress i should be saying acute respiratory failure that's right you're going to get benefit from that physician understanding that forever, as long as that physician's uh, at your organization.
2: Great. Right. And
0: go ahead, Heidi. Go
1: ahead.
2: That's our goal. Actually, is to drive down the number of queries.
1: Yes, and that's what should be happening because they should be getting more proficient. You know, the, the problem is, uh, Heidi, in the industry, I, I see very frequently is, uh, and Glenn, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I'm sure. Physicians have learned to use the CDI program as a crutch rather than a safety net. So really, they lean on the CDI program without changing documentation practices, hoping CDI is going to catch it. If they do, they send me a query. If they don't, I don't get a query. I win either way as a clinician, right? So I chug along. And so what we see is you have skilled individuals looking at charts uh, a very sub, uh, limited number of charts because of resources, yep. um, and, they're, and they're submitting the same query to the same physician with no change in, in, in behavior, documentation practices, shall I say, uh, an improvement in that. And so the KPI we use, uh, Heidi, is to measure clinical condition reporting performance on specific diagnoses. But long story short, that model that you have going on internally is going to pay dividends in the short and long-term, guaranteed, better than any technology could.
0: I think CDI programs, before we move on to our next topic here, uh, I'm convinced our CDI programs uh, uh, are caught up in this KPIs, but we're not not really having or affecting positive change or sustainable improvement over the long-term. We're asking for the same query for heart failure, specificity that's been out for 10 years Uh, so that kind of tells me physicians are not catching on because we're not we're not providing the education on what's in it for them what's in it for their patient most importantly I see ourselves as facilitators in communication of patient care and as Heidi alluded to the our education can't be checked off in a box it's not task based it's role based and CDI is role-based. So I want to kind of, in the interest of time, move to our next question here, a t- discussion. And I think we touched base on this. We want, we want to make sure, though, are these current measures valid and reliable? So when I say current measures, number of queries left, number of charts reviewed, number of follow-ups, uh, uh, physician response rate, agreement rate, CCMC capture, severity of illness, risk of mortality increase, case mix index. Uh, are uh, these measures valid and reliable? And what's uh, this brings me up to my third uh, discussion? We can put these two together. And if they're not, what constitutes valid and reliable measures of CDI performance? So, are we I can think the issue is are we measuring the right thing today? We touched base on it already. And if not, what should we be measuring? So, I want to pick Heidi's uh, brain, if you will, and, and give us some thoughts on that.
2: Well, uh, you know, as we alluded to earlier, I, I, I don't think these measures, I mean, they're okay, you know, so you can give, you know, show graphs and numbers and, and do all those great things, but it's still not measuring the the quality of your program. And like I, I said earlier, your goal really is to drive down the number of queries. And if you're driving down the number of queries, then you're, you're going to you're going to drive down how many mccs and ccs you're querying for however you should you should still have um you know a a valid mcc cc capture rate because your providers are already including that in the supporting documentation in the medical record but you know that's kind of at times that can be kind of hard to measure um you know as far as being valid and reliable measures of cdi performance you know you know each program really needs to decide what what kpis are really of value to your program Um, and it's more than just spitting out numbers it's it's your relationships with your providers Um, it's the feedback that administration gets from the providers from your interaction Um, it's it's what is your denial rate because then the documentation is in there The way, you know, correctly, the way it should be to support those diagnoses. So, you know, those are measures that we kind of look at, at more frequently than just volumes of sitting out, you know, volumes of queries, um, volumes of reviews. And like I said, we do not here report out single CDI numbers of reviews and queries. We, we, it's reported as a program whole, not individualistic. Because I think sometimes when you are reporting individualistic um, performance volumes then it kind of you can lose sight of the quality where it becomes a competition of how many queries can each person get you kind of get in competition with each other so to speak and I think that that really um, impacts you know the value and the quality of the program.
0: Dr. Governor what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting, Glenn, because, you know, you say valid and reliable. So I think that some of the metrics uh, that the industry monitors are, are most definitely valid. So, uh, you know, to measure your MCCC capture rate is valid. Um, to measure CMI in the long term, uh, especially, is is valid because it's, it's just the way the DRG system works. If yep. you do better at capturing MCCs and CCs, you are going to see an incremental percentage increase in your CMI in the long term. Uh, you're also going to see, you know, perhaps uh, changes in your trends of MCCCC capture rates, and this is now measuring performance of the organization right. uh, as a result of CDI's efforts. However, uh, are they reliable measures? I mean, I, I think the way I look at reliable, Glenn, is, yes. uh, you know, with me, benchmarking is a dirty word. Uh, I hear it and and I cringe because benchmarking is the way that they determine whether they are improving performance at their organization across the country or not. You know, our CFOs do it. What should your CMI be? Uh, Well, you know, there's three hospitals that looks like ours, smells like ours, tastes like ours, and their CMI is X. We should be at X. Well, that's a problem because number one, your patient mix will never be apples to apples with X. Maybe you have the similar service lines, but the actual patient mix, varies on a month-to-month basis. Number two is you can have physicians all in the same specialty. Uh, Take internal medicine as an example. Month-to-month, there's going to be significant variation among provider CMIs being reported just because of patient mix. I can see more acute uh, ventilated patients this month. Guess what? My CMI is going to be higher than yours, Glenn, because you didn't see as many ventilated patients. But you may have done a far better job of capturing severity, and I didn't provide any MCCs or CCs, I'm still going to beat you on CMI. So in that regard, you know, benchmarking makes them unreliable. How you're determining the goal makes it unreliable. The same for MCC-CC capture rates. Are you looking at what national averages are, or are you looking at your own patient mix? And so I think that the met- some of these metrics they're very very valid. You know, even if you do want to measure query response rates or query rates, they're valid depending on who's asking the question. That's right. But the same thing, and and Heidi, you you'd attest to this too. Just because another hospital productivity is getting, and I'll throw a random number out there, 50 queries per. C D S on a date doesn't mean your facility can do it. It depends on the EHR that they're using, it depends on the system, it depends on other tools, it depends on you know whether they're on-site, off-site. I mean there's so many variables, but benchmarking that number makes them unreliable. So valid, yes, but unreliable as long as you're using benchmarking.
0: Heidi, your comments? Any comments?
2: You know, I yeah, I I agree because I can look at the facility down the street from us and um talk to them and, and and our numbers are very different but the way we operate is very different
1: mm-hmm. yeah and benchmarking does not take that into consideration um you know it doesn't take into consideration the way you operate or or the or the, or the way all or, or the types of patients that are walking through the doors which uh, again as you know um we heidi and her team have zero control over who comes in through the doors today That's or tomorrow.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Physicians, yeah. Physicians have zero control over which patients they get attributed or or um they end up taking care of. So because of that, you're going to get a lot of variation. And so if you benchmark it immediately makes a valid KPI become unreliable.
0: Well and you know and one thing about I think uh I want to throw out there is that an uh is that when I talk about reliability uh, if it, it, if we're really focusing on the uh task based uh, kPI performance measures, it doesn't leave a lot of time for uh for a cdi to be out there educating physicians we we, we have that uh, halo over our head if you will that says hey we got to get 25 charts on average every day and and have a 30% query rate, which I have no idea where that came from besides consulting companies who have not been able to give me any information about how how that number came about, Uh, but it seems to be the gospel right now. Uh, It doesn't leave a lot of time to be talking to physicians about, hey, can I help you? Uh, uh, It looks like... uh, I, there's 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 opportunity here to tighten up on your history of present illness or tighten up your medical decision making, uh, clarify a few things. Uh, maybe not not today, but for the next time, to give you know tidbits about how what's the best way to document or standards of uh, standards of communication. We just don't have the time because we're out there trying to get our numbers, performance, our performance metrics. And like you said, Dr. Governor. At boots on the ground. Uh, Maureen, a colleague of mine down in Florida, is uh, is very adamant about this. Uh, she, we did a podcast on the Core CDI website. And one thing we agree on wholeheartedly is there's not enough energy, there's not enough dedication or commitment to helping physicians become more proficient at documentation. We're almost adding to the administrative burden through repetitive query process. So In essence, you know, some of our, I want to, I think this addresses my question about what constitutes, what is reliable and valid measures for a CDI performance, that drive and achieve continual documentation improvement is uh, is working with physicians. How many conversations did we have? Like Heidi, will spend some time with a physician, saying, "You know, we got a denial for this. Here's what we can do in the future to avoid this type of denial. Uh, and can you help me with this particular denial?" Well, that that's important. You can, you can't you can't put that in a box and check box. Uh, and there's tremendous value to that downstream in terms of sustainable performance, denials avoidance. So a couple of my, I think, uh, important uh, KPIs we should be measuring is the number of cases we touched that we didn't that we got a denial, uh, whether it's a medical necessity, clinical validation, DRG downgrade, and how many cases did we uh, touch that we left a query that the insurance company refuting the diagnosis. Because that usually means to me, the clinical picture is not well executed or the patient's story is not well executed. They have clinical indicators, but there's conflicting information or the doctor didn't give us a good, solid history of present illness all that way. they, They conducted a great discussion, teasing out information, they just didn't record it. So that's what I think is a valid and reliable indicators not necessarily something we can put in a box and show in a graph thoughts Mm -hmm. or comments Heidi on that
2: exactly it's hard to capture the quality of your program in a graph and those quality conversations that are occurring in a graph or in a metric Uh, and you know and that's you know our program we, we're, we're constantly conversing with our providers on a day-to-day basis um and like i said you know if if we were just focused on driving out number of queries and volumes of reviews we wouldn't have time to, for those conversations that occur daily
0: dr governor what's your comments what are your thoughts in closing here
1: yeah you know i think uh i think What I'm seeing across the industry uh, of late is that there's a bit of a shift with regards to questioning these methodologies that have been really the mainstay of our uh, sector in healthcare for the longest time. We're more than a decade into this now, and I've always said that if we are doing it the right way or if we've made a significant impact Heart failure shouldn't be the most common. That's right. Absolutely. Industry, right. Uh, it shouldn't be. So something, somebody with the right sort of mindset should take a step back and ask some questions, say, you know, if we keep doing things the way we've always been doing them and expecting different results, that's insanity. I think, I don't know who said that, but I, I, it wasn't me. Einstein um, I, <laughs> okay. Um, so the question, what we need is we need more leaders to ask more questions to get better answers, and we need them to think differently, and we need a shift. We need to get to critical mass before we can see a complete shift in the industry. Because Heidi's doing a great job there. Her approach, but if she's saying, and but that's that's um, Heidi's facility. I, uh, there are many many facilities, Heidi, where the the leaders are okay with this, with just chugging along, and checking off a box. And using these metrics, which can be easily gamed as well to make them make their programs look good, um, they're okay with that because it's not ruffling any feathers. I don't have to do any more work. But my concern is as an industry, are we doing what's right from a CDI standpoint? And if we're doing what's right, then there has to be, as Heidi mentioned, that position component to your program and the right metrics to support it and, and um, sort of allow them to improve uh, or, or rather uh, achieve sustainable improvements that you can monitor over time. So my, take, my, my last final statement, Glenn, is I urge everyone, whoever's listening to this, if you're a CDI leader or a CDS or a position advisor, it doesn't matter, I urge you to start asking um, different questions.
0: Hiding your last take,
2: um, and also too, you really have to have support of your administration to move mm-hmm. your program in more of a qualitative versus a quantitative um, reporting system. So you know, it takes you know bringing this information to your administration and providing them with information regarding you know a, a culture shift in CDI.
0: Exactly, and I want to close with this. Uh, a couple of comments, and uh, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate people's time. Your, your time, there, Dr. Governor and Heidi. You know, uh, I think the takeaway message from our podcast today is KPIs. Uh, uh, KPIs that we have today, they're important. I'm not downplaying them. They should be a subset. They shouldn't be our main focus to measure performance of CDI, because. Uh, 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 there are other ways to measure uh, performance of CDI, as I mentioned, denials, clinical validation denials, medical necessity denials, and and how many, as Heidi said, the query rate should be going down, and our case mix should be going up as, at least, if we reached a plateau, uh, staying the same, query rate should be going down, and we should have less denials. To me, that means we got a strong program. And I don't mean a strong uh, over- overturn rate although we can use overturn in appeals or successful overturn appeal rate volumes how long it takes to collect how many level of appeals those are important because we the common theme to overturn a denial is solid documentation and the chart to support your rationale and so yeah. uh, uh, I, I'm saying no problem using the KPIs today, but they shouldn't be the end, end all and be all, and they shouldn't be a measure of performances if we achieve them. Meanwhile, we're not getting paid. We should be looking at patient care, putting the patient first, helping the patient get the right care at the right time with the right reason, with the right documentation on clinical judgment, medical decision-making, and patient story that supports the diagnosis in the chart.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Glenn, do what's right and the KPIs will take care of themselves.
0: That's right. And one one last message. I posted something on LinkedIn the other day. I thought it was quite appropriate. And it's actually I have a picture of a sheep. I can find it here. Here it is. Posted it last night. It says, Don't be a mindless sheep. Develop critical thinking. So I'm calling on CDI profession, particularly CDI leaders to take a hard look at KPIs and their processes of CDI, consider a transformational process to do right for the patient. So I think this has been a great podcast, Dr. Governor and Heidi, and I really appreciate your time. Uh, these are going to be once a month podcasts. You can, you can listen to them at will. Uh, we also have a couple. If you haven't been to the Top Gun Audit School uh, website, it's topgunautoschool.com and I have a lots of, uh, we're going we're gonna to be posting a lot of resources. Uh, we have, we, uh, uh, please sign up for the listserv. We promise not to send you any uh, buy this, buy that. Uh, and this will give you access to uh, to be, being notified when the podcast is up and ready to be listened to. And if you haven't gone to the core-cdi.com website, there's lots of podcasts and good information resources that I continually update. So Dr. Govender. And uh, Heidi, we really do appreciate your time and your foresight and insight, and we look forward to uh, continued conversation. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.